Awesome. Hey, well, I'm, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name's Jay, and I'm a part of the team here at Activate, and it's my absolute privilege to be sharing this morning, and uh, I'm really excited to share this message this morning. It's something that I'm very passionate about, and I had a lot of uh, fun preparing, and uh, I wonder how many people in this room have heard the quote, talk the talk, walk the walk. Two people have heard that quote. Come on, we've heard that quote, right? Talk the talk and walk the walk. And I'm sure we've all been in situations where we have talked the talk, but we haven't walked the walk. I remember there was a time in Intermediate, and uh, I was with my mates on the playground there, and uh, we were playing a game of tag. And it was good fun. It's a pretty high playground as well. And uh, what happened was, I don't know if you guys know, but there's these uh, like monkey bars that are wheels. Yeah? You guys know what I'm talking about? Man, you guys are so quiet today. Yeah, you know, like you got those wheels that are the monkey bars, and you go from one to the other, and you kind of spin around them as you go. And uh, we got to these monkey bars, and we started placing, you know, some bets, like with what money? We were intermediates. But anyway, don't bet people. And uh, we were at the monkey bars, and we were like, I bet you you couldn't get to, from here to the other side in 30 seconds. And it's about two meters high. And uh, it was probably about from that wall to that wall. So it was a pretty big distance. And I just remembered I was standing there and I was just like, easy. I can do that like piece of cake. And my mates were like, as if, go on, show us then. I was like, I don't need to prove anything. I know I can do it. And I talked the talk. But I didn't walk the walk, and I remember it was a few days later, and uh, it got to the point where we were on the playground again, playing tag, and we were there by the monkey bars again. And I was like, fine, I'll show you how to do it then. And so I remember I started spinning on these monkey bars, going down, and I got about halfway there, and I just remember going, oh dear, (laughs) like, oh, this is not good. And I got about halfway, and I fell to the ground, and I landed on my wrist, and I broke my wrist. And it wasn't good. Yeah, thank you. That's the response that I need. And, uh, and I remember uh, just being so gutted, not because I broke my wrist, but because I talked the talk, but I didn't walk the walk. And I was just so embarrassed by it. And, and uh, I wonder how many of us in a situation in life, we've talked the talk, but we haven't been able to walk the walk. And uh, we're going to be looking at a passage from James uh, today, and I love James. It's a very challenging book. The thing about James is uh, he's not trying to teach us new theological ideas. Uh, James is really what he's trying to do is he's trying to get into our business and trying to show us how we should be living as a disciple of Christ. And so it's actually a really uncomfortable book to read. But it's really amazing. And uh, it doesn't help the fact that James actually grew up with Jesus. (laughs) And Jesus is the model of how we should be living our faith. And so, like, you've got a mixture of James' revelation plus what he saw with Jesus. And it's just a challenging book. And uh, so we're going to be diving into that. And uh, um, I just encourage you to allow yourself to be stirred. 
and allow yourself to be uh, challenged as we dive into this. You know, like the classic thing with preaching, you know, when, when you point the finger, you've got three coming back at you. And I'm, I'm going to be challenged with you as we dive into this passage. So we're going to talk about three types of uh, faith through the book of James from chapter 2, 14 to 26. And I'll be reading from the NLT. We're going to be looking at the Bible quite a bit, which is actually a really good thing. So I encourage you to grab your Bibles out and follow along throughout this gathering. So James 2, 14 to 26 says this. It says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. That's challenging. How foolish. Can't you see that the faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete, and so it happened just as the Scriptures say, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messages and messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. That's a challenging passage, eh? Come on, like two people found that challenging. I, I found this so challenging when I was reading this and God was just pointing so many things out. And we're going to read again from verse 14 to 18 and we're going to look at the first type of faith that I've pulled out of this passage and that is called dead faith, words without works. It says this from verse 14 to 18. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and then you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith. By my good deeds. We're going to read verse 14 one more time. Listen to this. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith and don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? So, what James is saying here is what good is it if we just talk the talk? 
but we don't walk the walk. How good is it if we just be believers? If we live in believer status and say, come on, I believe in God, I love Jesus, but there's nothing to follow up those statements. And so what James is saying is, come on, if we're talking the talk, we got to walk the walk. It says, uh, I was doing some research and um, I was looking online for, uh, at a census. Uh, it was from 2018. It was the earliest one I was able to find. And uh, it was around Christians in New Zealand. And so f- according to that, in 2018, there were 37.3% of Kiwis that would say, I'm a Christian and I believe in God. Which is actually like, that's, a, that's over a third. And so I was reading that. I was like, okay. That's interesting. And I just read this verse after I looked at that. And I was like, man, I wonder how many people out of the 37.3% of Kiwis that are Christians, that's including myself, say, yes, I believe in God and we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. I wonder how many. It says this in Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone who calls out to me, this is Jesus speaking, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Come on, are we people who are just believers and say, I believe in God. And then when it comes to doing works, there's nothing to back up that statement. Are we just talking the talk or are we also walking the walk? Everyone still with me? It says this in verse 15 and 17 of James 2. It says this in verse 15. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. And then you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Come on, are we people that talk the talk, but don't walk the walk? Verse 17, so you see faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. What James is saying here is if we are people who just talk the talk and we don't walk the walk, he's saying that our faith is dead. Come on, anybody else challenged with me? Come on, we need to be people that talk the talk and walk the walk. That don't just stay as believers, but live as disciples. People that when Jesus calls us, that when we say, I believe, we follow and we do something about it. Come on, we got to be disciples, not just believers. I want to throw out a few little, little things and I just want you to do a bit of a self-audit with myself, and see where we are. I just want to ask some questions, and I would love for you to respond to me as I ask these questions, all right? Do we believe that there is power of life and death in the tongue? Come on, we believe that there is power of life and death in the tongue. But I wonder how many of us say that, yet we still talk negatively all the time, and maybe even use foul language And don't walk the walk with what we say we believe. Come on, how many of us believe in the power of prayer? Ooh, two of us believe in the power of prayer. Come on, we believe in the power of prayer, yeah? But I wonder how many of us say that, but we hardly pray. 
We just pray when we desperately need something. Which is like once a week, once a month. I don't know. Do we say that God is a healer? Come on, do we believe that God can heal? I had a cool testimony, which I might share later about that, which is cool. But I wonder how many of us say that God is a healer and we've never prayed for someone to be healed. Maybe it's not a normal thing in our life. Do we believe that God is wise? Come on, we believe that God is wise. Yet I wonder how many people, when we desperately need wisdom, go straight to Google. Can I tell you, when I go to Google and say, I have a sore toe, they tell me they've got two days to live. It's not a good source of wisdom, all right? (laughs) Go, Go to God, please. Do we believe that the Word of God is alive? Come on, we believe that the Word of God is alive. But I wonder how many of our Bibles have dust on it and it hasn't been opened for a while. Come on, we gotta be people that don't just talk the talk, but we also walk the walk, amen? Come on, this is what James is saying. This is the Word of God. Well, if we didn't think it was challenging... Let's call it another thing. So not dead faith. Let's maybe call it demonic faith. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) It says this in verse 19. It says, You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. Come on, how challenging is that? I just want to list some scriptures of what demons believe. Demons believe in God. It says in Mark 1.24, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Demons believe in God. Number two, demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And whenever those possessed by evil spirits caught sight of Him, the Spirit would throw them to the ground in front of them, him shrieking, you are the son of God. Demons believe in God. They believe he is the son of God. Demons believe in eternity and hell. It says the demon in Luke chapter eight, it says the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. Then it also says that the demons know the Bible. It says this in Matthew 4, 6. If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hand so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That is challenging. Come on, we hear that demons believe in God. They believe he is the son of God. They believe in eternity and they know the Bible. And what James is saying here is he's saying that if we just talk the talk and we stay in believer status and we don't move into disciple status and don't walk the walk, we have the same faith as demons. And I don't want to be in the same category as demons. <laughs> I don't. We got to be people that don't just talk the talk, but we got to walk the walk as well. We got to get out of that. Oh, I, I, I actually think that demons would probably get a higher theology score in most of us. I reckon they would. 
Oh, I think in this day and age, we've esteemed and lifted up the knowledge of God and theology so much, which don't hear me wrong, that is amazing. Come on, theology is amazing. But we've lifted it up so much. And the thing is, if it doesn't become works, and if we don't see fruit because of the knowledge that we've learnt, and it just stays as talking and knowledge, and there's no works and fruit behind it, and we don't move over here, then what? we know different to the demons. Because they know theology. Woo! Anybody else? Amen. James did not go light, eh? Verse 20 of James 2 says this, How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Come on, we got to just move out of believer status. If we just say we believe in God, but we live a life that doesn't say we believe in God. Come on, we got to move out of that because that is dead and demonic faith, according to James chapter 2. Verse 20 to 26, we see another type of faith, and it's called dynamic faith. Belief affects behavior. This is where we can all like, take a deep breath. We're getting into some good faith now. Dynamic faith. It says this from verse 20. It says, how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by what? His actions. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions. And when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Come on. Abraham and Rahab had dynamic faith. Dynamic faith where they had a belief, but it affected their behavior. They didn't just talk the talk, but they also walked the walk. I mean, Abraham, it could have been so easy for him to go, yeah, sure, God, I believe you. You're asking me to send my son and put him on an altar? Yeah, I believe you. But just stayed here. Didn't actually do anything about it. But it said because there was works and he did something about it and he also walked the walk and not just talked the talk, that he was made righteous. We see Rahab. Rahab was over here and God says, I want you to let these messengers into your home and hide them. She could have easily gone, sure, I I believe you. And then shut the door in their face. They'll find somewhere. But no, what did she do? She opened up her door and she allowed them in and her talk the talk became walk the walk. Come on, I wonder how many of us have dynamic faith. 
faith that says, I believe you, God, and because I believe you, I'm going to do something about it. I believe in the power of prayer, so what am I going to do? I'm going to come over here and I'm going to pray with power and with expectation. We've got to be people that don't just talk the talk, but also walk the walk. It says this in Matthew 7, 24. It says, this is Jesus speaking again. Anyone who listens to my teaching. Come on, we've heard his teaching. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. If we hear his teaching and don't follow it, we have dead and demonic faith, is what James is saying. But if we hear his teaching and follow it, Jesus is saying that we're wise and we're walking the walk. Come on, is anybody else challenged by this? Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says this. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. Come on, that's worth an amen right there. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Ah, oh, there's probably some people here now going, what, what's going on here, Jay? You've just preached like a whole message on we can't just talk the talk and walk the walk, and we have to walk the walk. Like, I thought you just said we have to be doing good works, and then you just read a verse that says, no, 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 it's just by grace, not by works. Uh, this has been such a big uh, argument. I've watched many YouTube videos and stuff of people debating these two verses. Because James is saying one thing and Paul is saying another thing. And I believe that they're both right. And that they actually complement each other. Because what James didn't say is he didn't say that you have to do good works to be saved. He didn't say that. What Paul said was that the gift of salvation is by grace and grace alone, right? But James didn't say that if you don't do works, you don't have salvation. So here's the thing. If we stay in believer status, we're saved. Come on. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Nothing can touch that. We've been saved by the grace of God. But what James is saying is the reaction the result of obedience and genuine faith is walking the walk, not just talking the talk. So we can be believers. We can live a life where we are saved. But it says in Hebrews 11, it says that faith pleases God. So we can live a life where we're saved, praise Jesus, but our life may not be pleasing to God. And what James is saying is, come on, we can't just camp here. Praise God that we're saved. But we need to move over here where we're living in obedience and a life of faith. Amen? Come on. She's hungry. <laughs> James is challenging us not just to talk the talk, but to walk the walk. A few weeks ago, I preached a message about um, uh, that faith is the reality of knowing who Jesus is. And uh, come on, we got to know who Jesus is. 
Jesus is amazing. And, and I, I believe that when we capture the reality of who Jesus is, when we have revelation that, oh my goodness, Jesus gave his life for me. He died for me so that I can have everlasting life, so that I can have life and life to the full here and now. I believe that when we capture that revelation, we can't stay in believer status. Because there's just something like, you did that for me, Jesus. I can't just talk the talk. I got to walk the walk. <laughs> like when you know the reality of Jesus, something shifts. There's just a cry of obedience. I had someone uh, this week actually flick me a message and, and say, um, and ask the question, how do you grow your intimacy with Jesus? And one of my answers that I said to him was, get out of your comfort zone. Like, because when you get out of your comfort zone, you're suddenly like, not just in talk the talk, you're in a place where it's like, I need you, Jesus. <laughs> like, I can't do this by myself. <laughs> like, this is scary. And suddenly you grow in your intimacy with God and you start to know the reality of who he is. Come on, when we know the reality of who Jesus is, we start to live a life not with dead faith, not with demonic faith, but with dynamic faith. I'm going to ask some questions again. I'd love to see what we think. Come on, do we believe that there is power of life and death in the tongue? Come on, we believe it. Man, I, I, th- I think if you believe in life and death and the power of the tongue and you're sitting there silent, I don't think you realize how powerful there is life and death in the tongue. Come on, we've got to be passionate, excited about these things. Do we believe that there is life and death in the power of the tongue? Come on, we believe that. So what do we need to do? We can't just sit here and go, yeah, yeah, I, I believe that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. We gotta come over here and we gotta be walking the walk, not just talking the talk and going, I need to speak encouragement. I need to be speaking life. And it needs to become a part of what we do. Do we believe in the power of prayer? Come on, we believe that. So we can't just go over here and talk the talk but then pray every now and then, or maybe when we desperately need God or a miracle, but we need to come over here and it needs to become a foundation in our life because we believe that there's power of the prayer and things can change when we pray and that God can meet with us when we pray. It needs to become a part of us when you walk the walk. Do we believe that God is a healer? Come on, we believe that. I heard a testimony just before in the healing rooms, was it yesterday? Yeah, oh, there was a healing. Uh, there was there was a healing that happened, and there was someone who had been struggling with back pain for thirty seven years or something like that. Insane. And and what happened was her husband, God, asked him to do something that was incredibly uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable, and he responded with obedience. He didn't just talk the talk; he walked the walk, and his wife was healed of back pain for thirty seven years, instantly. That's amazing. And well, I just, I'm so inspired by that because he didn't just talk the talk, but he was like, I'm going to choose to believe that God is a healer. And because of that, I need to have some actions about it. And I need to walk in obedience and in faith. And what happened, his wife for 37 years, back pain, gone. Um, oh. So I don't even know what to say. That's crazy. Do we believe that God is wise? Come on, we believe that he is wise, so we can't just camp here and go, my toe's sore, Google, 
you two days to live. You, you, we got to come over here and we got to say, God, I really need your wisdom right now. And we got to seek him first. Come on, he's the God of all creation. He's wise. Do we believe that the word of God is alive? Come on, we believe that. So we can't camp here. We can't say we believe it, but we don't open it. Or maybe we just listen to the scriptures in church and we go, yeah, that's it. That's my scriptures for the week. Now, come on, we got to capture something for ourselves and walk the walk and open our Bible. Do you know the Bible is amazing? It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all of scripture is inspired by God. In other words, all the scripture is breathed out by God. So actually, that means the Bible isn't just a big book with religious text, but it's alive and it's a book that's filled with wisdom, filled with what God is wanting to say to us. I love it when people, uh, a lot of the time people would come to me and they'd say, how do you hear God's voice? Uh, I, I need to help hearing God's voice. Most of the time my answer would be, have you opened your Bible? Because we've got a whole big book of his voice. Because it says in Second Timothy that all the scriptures are breathed out by him. Come on, we believe that the word of God is alive. So we come here and what do we do? We read the Bible. Come on, are we living a life where we're not just talking the talk, staying in believer status? But are we walking the walk and choosing to live a faithful and obedient life? Uh, I was at X conference with a few of the leaders this week up in Auckland and, and uh, we heard a very, very big theme throughout the week. And it was really around, uh, the, I was, to sum up the first message, it was what's your definition of success? being faithful and obedient to what God's asked us to do. When we get to heaven and we go face to face with Jesus, he's not going to ask the questions of what car did you drive? <laughs> what, what, what did you do there, there, there? He's going to say, what did I ask you to do and did you do it? Did you do it with obedience and did you do it faithfully? Come on, are we going to be people that just camp here and just believe? And just talk the talk, or are we going to come over here? And are we going to walk the walk and live a life of obedience and being faithful to what God has asked us to do?